And we are back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Max Mills Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined in studio by a reporter. Go to Babcock. As well as our very special guest today. Would you mind introducing yourself? Um, I'm Dr. Jennifer Rollinson from the CSU Veterinary Teaching Hospital. Thank you so much, Dr. Rollinson. Uh, what's your title at the teaching hospital? Uh, I'm an associate professor, and I'm also chief of the dentistry and oral surgery service. And for those who don't know, uh, Dr. Rallinson kind of oversaw the recent newsworthy procedure of Louis the Llama, which uh, gained some media attention. And so if anyone has any questions for Dr. Rallinson about veterinary dentistry or Louis the Llama, we'd love it if you text it in to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. Any of your questions or send them to us as a tweet at KCSU-FM on Twitter. So, we're going to get started here. Dr. Rallinson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have an extensive history of working with llamas, uh, I read. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Well, uh, pretty much when I went through and I got my specialty degree in veterinary dentistry, which, by the way, you have to become a veterinarian first, and then you do um, additional training to become a, a specialist um, in veterinary dentistry. Um, I primarily worked on dogs and cats initially, but then I got a faculty position at Cornell University and I found out there's lots of other animals that need help besides just dogs and cats. And so now CSU, I've come to CSU and basically continued to develop their program. There's another veterinary dentistry, Dr. Naomi Hoyer, um, who works with us. And um, we work on everybody and anything. The only debate we have sometimes is rattlesnakes, whether we would actually ever do that. Um, but for the most part, it's dogs, cats, horses, llamas, alpacas, and everything that's at the zoos. So um, we just, oh, and pigs, too. So Has just, rattlesnakes ever come up? Uh, only once. <laughs> only once for a defanging. And uh, luckily, that didn't no, nothing kind of came to, because I really have a fear of snakes. <laughs> Good to know. Um, this is Ren's question, so I'm going to let her ask this. It definitely is. Um, so before we get into Lewis's story and kind of your involvement in that, I've always wondered this. Why do llamas spit? Why do llamas spit? It's because it's their way of saying that they're really unhappy with you. Mm. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, a warning maneuver, kind of like the way dogs growl. Uh, llamas actually kind of make a low trilling sound and you can see their ears go back and their lips kind of purse. So if you're smart, you'd stop there. If you're not, they're going to spit on you. Did Lewis ever spit on you? No, he's actually okay. a really good llama. So he's he's a pack llama up at Yellowstone National Park. And so he's he goes out with hikers and he carries their stuff because llama feet are really nice to the trails. And so Lewis is a nice llama. You don't want to take out a testy llama. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, um, like you said, Lewis uh, was a pack llama, and for those who don't know, he used to be named Ike. Uh, Ike was abandoned at Yellowstone National Park before uh, going viral on social media, just kind of wandering around, and was rescued by a woman named Susie, uh, Susie Hulsmeyer-Sene. And Susie renamed Ike Lewis and um, was trying to treat a wound he had on his jaw, but unfortunately could not do it himself, so... Susie brought Lewis to the CSU Veterinary Teaching Hospital. Um, have you noticed many people bring in animals they can't otherwise treat to the hospital? 
Uh, yes, that's one of the primary reasons why I, we're there, um, is to be able to help animals who general practitioners um, need a little more assistance with. And so uh, Lewis has something that was very common um, in alpacas and llamas we, that we see all the time at CSU. And um, it's basically a tooth infection, and Lewis actually had three teeth that were infected that was causing the wound on his face. And so um, most of the time, um, people will try to treat this with antibiotics, or veterinarians will try and treat this with antibiotics. But unfortunately, since it's actually a bad tooth, it'll come and go with antibiotics, but it will never go away. It will always come back once the animal's off antibiotics. And so you have to get rid of the tooth in order to heal the infection. So this disease is uh, periodontal disease, correct? Yep, that's that's correct. That's what they think. Um, and that's what some of the studies have sh maybe suggested at. But um, sometimes it can be fractured teeth. Sometimes it can be malformations of the tooth that lead to the loss of the structures that protect the tooth from the oral cavity and all the bacteria and hay that's in there. And so, yes, in the end, Lewis did have periodontal disease, but um, what wound up? Starting that whole cascade of events is uh, still a little bit unknown. Interesting. Um, and would you mind clarifying what periodontal disease is? Is it just the corruption of the tooth? Uh, so the tooth itself in periodontal disease stays very healthy. Well, the inside of the tooth does. The outside of the tooth, on the other hand, um, basically loses all of its supporting structures. So the gum tissue and the bone that holds the tooth within the mouth pretty much um, gets infected and inflamed and over time just basically rots away. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so we just kind of wanted to know like what treatment you provided Lewis and kind of the overall treatment of him before we went into kind of wider um, about your work. Yep. Uh, so basically what we wound up doing for Lewis was very um, routine surgery for veterinary dentists and out at the veterinary teaching hospital. Um, one of the things I love about the veterinary teaching hospital is that we get to work with so many other specialists. So Lewis was anesthetized um, by Dr. Kershid Mama and Dr. Morgan of Oakleaf. And then he was brought into surgery uh, where I extracted two teeth on his right side and one tooth on his left side because they were all uh, infected and had periodontal disease. Um, and then the livestock service basically make sure that Lewis is managed as a whole llama and not just focus on teeth um, following surgery. So um, it's kind of a team approach out there, which is why I love being there. Speaking of teams, um, since it is a teaching hospital, did you have any students on the team? Oh, yeah. So each one of those services have students that are assigned to the case. And so there was a livestock student, there was an anesthesia student, and um, there was a dental student all represented in, in the team. So in the surgery room, uh, the picture that I shared with you looks like there's only two people there. But really, there's anywhere from six to eight people in the room at any one time. Wow. So uh, I thought it was kind of uh, funny in a way how... Louis the Llama, you know, had an, had an original ailment and went to the hospital and got it taken care of. And I was coming back to get some teeth pulled. And it kind of reminds me of how, uh, how human dentistry works. Uh, does, does animal dentistry function similarly to human dentistry where they need to be, you know, checked up on, routine maintenance, kind of yeah. whole nine yards? Um, it's cer they certainly do. Um, 
We have dogs and cats. Um, your regular veterinarians or your general practitioner is going to be recommending annual oral exams, which they'll perform, which is wonderful because things do change within uh, pets' mouths all the time. And then it's also recommended for horses and llamas and alpacas and pigs to at least have an oral exam if possible, uh, particularly if they're under sedation for any reason um, that allows you to be able to get a look in their mouth because looking in a llama, alpaca, or pig's mouth when they're not sleepy is, is extremely challenging. Yeah, probably not the easiest, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And the other cool thing is that a lot of the procedures that we do, particularly in dogs and cats um, and um, animals that have similar teeth like non-human primates, basically what we're doing is the same thing that your human dentist would be doing. And so we use the same materials. Believe it or not, we actually order from the same catalogs as your human dentist for a lot of our materials. Hmm. And it's, it's, the only difference is that usually they are sedated or anesthetized um, for proper dental care. All right. And that's unfortunately almost all the time we have, but we did want to ask uh, if you were going to be following up with Lewis in the future. Uh, yes, actually. Thank you for asking that question. Um, Lewis had done well initially after surgery for two weeks, and it looked like he was healing well. But unfortunately, one of the surgical sites has become really infected oh, no. uh, with a pretty bad bacteria. So Susie's having to bring Lewis back, and she's coming all the way down from Montana, and she's basically got the storm at her back right now. And so she's trying to get here before the storm hits, and so that she can basically keep Lewis here for two to three weeks so that we can really make sure this infection clears up. And if anyone would like to help Susie out with any of the funding for Lewis, you can go to GoFundMe and just look up Lewis the Llama, and you'll be able to find her GoFundMe page very easily. Wow, we didn't realize this was a developing situation. Well, yeah. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. only occurred over the last 24 yeah. hours. That, that's also, good timing. We had you here. Yeah. Also, we were wondering how um, students or faculty could get involved with the teaching hospital if they wanted to. Well, the vet teaching hospital, particularly for Colorado State students, is very open. And so if you have an area that you're interested in, I would recommend um, emailing the faculty member uh, that's responsible for that section, whether it be dentistry, orthopedics, cardiology, um, because we do allow um, students to come and observe, um, even if they're not uh, veterinary students. So uh, that's one way that we can do that. Um, the one thing that I would say if you're if you're interested in surgery just make sure that the site of blood doesn't lead to you passing out yeah that wouldn't be very good no <laughs> all right <laughs> well thank you so much jennifer for coming on the show and joining us and talking with us about lewis today well, really thank appreciate you for having, having you here. me here i appreciate it awesome well we're gonna take a really quick break but we're gonna be right right back because we're running out of time with coda and our local news so stick around mm -hmm. 